Good morning, everyone. Today we are continuing our new teaching series that is rooted in the Old Testament book of Numbers, entitled A Table in the Wilderness, where we are exploring how to find God and the table that he has prepared for us when we find ourselves in desolate places. Last time, as the Israelites were preparing to leave Mount Sinai, we saw that God was present with them and led them in the form of a cloud. The cloud was always present. And when it moved, the Israelites moved. And when it stopped, the Israelites stopped and camped in that place. But as we come to Numbers chapter 11 this morning, we're going to see that even though God was present, and even though he was giving his people directions, they are already less than thrilled with the circumstances of their journey. Listen to Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So that place was called Taborah, because fire from the Lord had burned among them. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We will never see anything but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed and looked like rosin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves, and it tasted like something made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. So the Israelites here have barely set out into the wilderness, and the conditions are already getting to them. In verse 1, we find them complaining about their hardships in God's hearing, which, not surprisingly, doesn't go over well. Verse 1 says that fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed part of the outskirts of the camp until Moses interceded through prayer. And so Moses prayed on the behalf of the people and the fire died down. But even as dramatic as all of that was, it didn't take long before the complaining started up again. And specifically, the complaining about the food. The people were tired of the manna that God was providing for them every day. They wanted something else to eat. They wanted meat. In fact, they were so sick of the manna that they were actually longing for the fish and the vegetables that they ate while they were in Egypt. They, were, they wanted meat so badly, other food so badly, that they were reminiscing about their time in slavery. And their complaints eventually made their way to Moses. Listen to verse 10. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses 
was troubled. Now, something important to keep in mind here, and something important, I think, to appreciate is the magnitude of Moses' task. Moses is leading an entire nation of people through the wilderness. And every time the cloud moved, which we saw last time was basically totally unpredictable, and every time the cloud moved, the tabernacle had to be broken down. And everyone had to break camp and pack up and get moving until they got to the next place. And over the years, I've, I've led a number of different international ministry trips, taking teams from highway of anywhere between 12 and 40 people to places like Guatemala and Honduras and Italy. And there have definitely been times when it's been surprisingly challenging to move a group of 25 people just through an airport terminal and then onto a plane. And so I can't even imagine what it must have looked like for Moses to try to move a whole nation of people through the wilderness with, with no map and no definite arrival time for their destination. But, but that's Moses' task. And when the complaints start rolling in about the food, it's more than he can handle. Moses, verse 10 says, is deeply troubled. Listen to verses 11 through 15 of Numbers 11. He asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. Now, it's hard not to notice the abundance of first-person pronouns as Moses talks to God there. What have I done to displease you that you have put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. And so there's no mistaking here that Moses is feeling alone and unsupported in the wilderness. And so what does he do? He blames God. And he begins in verse 11 by saying, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all of these people on me? And so at this point, as far as Moses is concerned, God is the one who has put him in this terrible position. And it's all his fault. And we, 
we hear just how deeply all of this runs for Moses in the request that he makes in verse 15, right? If, if this is how you're going to treat me, Moses says, please go ahead and kill me, right? If, if I have found any favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. So Moses is undoubtedly tired. He's undoubtedly frustrated and he is undoubtedly burned out. The wilderness is clearly distorting his perspective. Despite the fact that that God was constantly present with him in the form of the cloud, Moses nevertheless feels like God has abandoned him. He feels like God doesn't care. But it's interesting, the text is very careful to show us otherwise. Back at the beginning of the chapter, when the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, it says that God's anger was aroused. And then, when the people's complaints about the food reached Moses' ears, verse 10 says, The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. And so the text makes no mistake about the fact that God was clearly not happy with what was going on, as Moses was deeply troubled about these complaints. But Moses couldn't see that. And his inability to see underscores just how disorienting the wilderness can be. But listen to how God responds to Moses in verse 16 of Numbers chapter 11. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. And so we see that God provides here a table in the wilderness for Moses. And just like he always has been, God himself is present at that table. That he is present in the midst of all of Moses' rawness. Present in the depths of Moses' despair. God meets Moses here with compassion and grace and mercy. But God doesn't just meet Moses through his presence. He also meets him in the wilderness by tangibly providing for his need as well. And he does that by providing other people for Moses. God says to Moses in verse 16, bring 70 elders who are known to you as leaders. Bring 70 elders who are known to you as leaders. And so the implication there is that that Moses already has these leaders around him. The implication is that they were already involved, that Moses already had a support structure, but he just 
wasn't seeing it. Once again, Moses' vision, his ability to see clearly, was being obscured by his wilderness experience. Listen to verses 24 and 25 of Numbers 11. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. And so just as God had instructed him to do, Moses brought together 70 elders and had them stand around the tent. And God, as we hear in those verses, was faithful to his promise. Just as he said he would, he empowered those elders with the same spirit that was on Moses. Verse 25 says that when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do it again. Now, the Hebrew word that is translated as prophesied in that verse means to cause to pour forth. And so what the text is is describing there is that as the Spirit rested on the elders, they began to to spontaneously speak. They they began to, to pour forth thoughts and expressions that were not their own. And those spontaneous utterances were a confirmation of the Spirit's presence upon them. They were an affirmation of God's promise that he would empower others to provide Moses with whatever support he needed. Now, as tempting as it can be for us, as as modern readers of this ancient text, to cast aspersions on Moses here, for, for being focused on himself and for blaming God for his situation, for wanting to die before he faces his own ruin, for not being cognizant of, of the support that was already around him. But the reality is that when we, when, we, when we do that, when we look at stories like this in that way, we miss one of the greatest gifts that the scriptures can give us. And that is the lens that the scriptures give us into ourselves. You know, I don't know about you, but when, when I read this story, it's, it's tremendously humbling because I see a lot more of myself in Moses' response to his situation here than I would like to admit. I mean, these are, these are all things that, sad to say, if I'm willing to be honest, I find myself doing more often than not when I find myself in the wilderness, knuckling down and working harder check. Trying to solve problems through my own ingenuity. Check. Blaming God. Check. Withdrawing from God. Check. Withdrawing from others. Check. But, nevertheless, like he did for Moses, God lovingly 
and graciously provides a table in the wilderness for us as well. And also, like for Moses, it is very definitely not a table for one. God himself is there with us just as he was there with Moses. And he is present and he is willing and he is available to share the burden with us. No matter the depths of our despair, no matter how much we might lose perspective, and no matter how raw our emotions might be, God meets us in the wilderness. He wants to hear our cries. He wants us to tell him how we feel. But in order to do that, we have to resist the temptation to withdraw and instead stay connected by pulling up our chair to the table and talking with God. We have to stay connected by sitting with him at the table and sharing our feelings with him, whatever they are. And we definitely see from Moses' experience here that God is certainly capable of handling whatever it is that we send his way. And so it's vital as we find ourselves in the wilderness that we establish rhythms to sit with God at his table. Because engaging with God and sharing our hearts with him openly, honestly, and transparently is a really important part of navigating the wilderness. Of course, Numbers chapter 11 also importantly reminds us that God is not the only one at that table. He provides others for us as well. He provides other people for us as well. And so, even though we may feel alone, and even though we may feel isolated, the reality is that that God has similarly surrounded us with people who are empowered by His Spirit to support us. And all we need to do, like Moses, is look around. God has has brought us together as a church community. He has provided us with each other. And he has empowered each one of us with his spirit in order to support each other, to bear each other's burdens, to encourage each other, to care for each other, to comfort each other, to build each other up, to admonish each other, and to pray for each other. That we are not meant to journey alone. God has created us to be in community. That he has brought us together as the body so that we can share the burden. Moses' experience reminds us of how important it is for us to have other people surrounding us and supporting us 
during our wilderness experiences. Of course, everything about this story feels extremely relevant right now as we navigate the wilderness of COVID-19. Not only is the quarantine and isolation that we're experiencing disorienting, but it also creates all of the conditions that are ripe for withdrawal. This is a season where it can be tremendously easy for us to withdraw from God and tremendously easy for us to withdraw from others. But as we have seen this morning through this story from Numbers chapter 11, God has provided a table for us in the wilderness. And so as we close this morning, I want to leave just a moment for you. Wherever it is that you find yourself today, to just pull up your chair at God's table. A moment for you to pull up your chair and feel the sturdiness and the support of that seat that God has provided. To see the abundance of love and grace and compassion and mercy that are set on top of that table. To experience the warmth and the hospitality of God's presence. To receive God's invitation to share with him about how you are truly feeling today, about how you are truly feeling right now without filter about your wilderness experience. Take just a moment now and talk to him. Now, as you continue to sit with God at the table in the wilderness, I want to also invite you to look around. Who else has a seat at the table? Who are the people that God has surrounded you with?
who are those who are sitting alongside you, who are supporting you, who are sharing the burden with you? Who are the people that God has, has gifted you? Take a moment now and, and thank God for each of them by name. Father, thank you that we do not navigate our wilderness experiences alone. Thank you that you have provided a table for us. A table not only where you are present, but where you have also surrounded us with the presence of others who, as your gifts to us, walk alongside us, hold us up, support us, and share the burden. Father, would you give us eyes to see that table and eyes to see the people who surround us in those moments when it is hard for us to see. And would you give us the wisdom and the strength and the energy to engage with you and with others in the moments when we feel inclined to withdraw. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the table in the wilderness. And thank you for the ways that you share the burden. In Jesus' name, amen.